Welcome to Living Love, the radio broadcast ministry of Emmanuel Baptist Church in Benton, Illinois. Our desire is to live love to God, to others, and the nations. We hope this week's broadcast will bless and encourage you. Now, let's dive into God's Word and see how we can live love today. I'm glad you're here today. I'm glad there are folks watching online. Would you just, let's just try this. On on three, I want you very quietly to just say the name of Jesus. But I want us to say it together. But I want you to start out just quietly because we're about the presence of Jesus in this moment and in this time. One, two, three. Jesus. But I also want you to understand that Jesus is a strong and powerful name. So we're going to ask you to say it again and not shout, but I want you to say it with a kind of conviction, a strength, because we can do all things through Him, through Christ who strengthens us. So let's, let's try that again. You can kind of get your own mind what that should sound like, but to speak the strong name of Jesus. So let's try that again. And by the way, you can do this at home as well as here. One, two, three. Jesus. That's a good name. Well, in the Gospel of John, Jesus is what it's all about. And the Apostle John, through the Holy Spirit, wants us to meet Jesus. In fact, that's what he's really about. He, he writes in John chapter 20, the reason I wrote this thing, so that you could believe in Jesus and in believing Him, have everlasting life. But he introduces Jesus in a very unique way. Then he goes for 13 verses and 14 verses. In fact, it's not until verse 17 in this first chapter that even mentions the name of Jesus and tells it who it is, but he is out of his way to tell us about Jesus. Last week we talked about him being the Lagos, the Word who was with God and was God and created the world. And and today, as we go a little farther into the next section through verse 13, he's going to introduce to us some spiritual ideas, spiritual concepts that then play out. And and he sort of weaves these spiritual concepts, these ways of trying to understand who Jesus is, because he wants people desperately to meet Jesus and know Jesus and understand about Jesus. And so he has these these interesting concepts and ideas, and they're going to show up throughout the Gospel of John, but this is where he introduces them. He's first of all going to talk about Jesus as the source of life. And of course, the opposite of life is death. And he's going to talk about life and death. He's going to talk about Jesus as light. And the opposite of light is darkness, and those become powerful spiritual ideas. And he's going to talk about Jesus as the light in the darkness. And then he's going to talk about Jesus as the source of family. And the opposite of having family is to be an orphan, to be alone. 
And those ideas are going to be throughout all of the Gospel of John. And it's part of how John, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wants us to know who Jesus is. So I'm going to go ahead and start in verse 1 again today. But I'm going to read to verse 13. And as I'm reading, I want you to look for those ideas of life and light and the idea of family. Because it's just the beginning. And it's as if he's sort of just putting the the seed out there because those are seeds he wants to germinate in every one of our hearts. So, John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. Without Him was not anything that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness had not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Now, we're going to save John for next week, and we'll talk a little bit more about this first chapter and John the Baptist and all the things that go along with him. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. And he was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light, the true light which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world. The world was made through him, and yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Well, Three ideas, life and light and family, and obviously life is the first one. First of all, we understand that Jesus is part of creation. He's the maker of life. The idea that that God said, let us make man in our own image. There was something about Jesus who was a part of every element of creation. He was a part of creating life, and that certainly is a place of beginning. But it's life in a lot of different ways. First of all, it's life in this world. There's some sense that one of the reasons Jesus was born as a baby was that he might live a physical life in this world so that he could show us how to live life. The opposite of life certainly is death. I did a funeral on Friday. I got two more to do tomorrow. I want to tell you, I've been talking a lot about life and death. And we understand that we are technically not in the world of the living. We're in the land of the dying. That when we are born because of sin, there is a judgment of death that is on its way. We are in the land of death, land of the dying, and Jesus came to change that to give us the opportunity for life. And it is, first of all, life in this world. That's part of why he lived. In fact, as we go a little bit farther, he's going to talk to Nicodemus, and he's going to say, by the way, you've been born, you're living, but you don't really have the life you need. There's another kind of life, and you really need that kind of life. He met a woman at a well, and he said, yeah, this water that you got here at this well, it'll keep you physically alive in this world, but there's another kind of life that you need to be thinking about. Later on in John chapter 10, he's going to say, I've come that you might have life, but that you would have it more abundantly. It kind of goes along with doing all these funerals. I also have conversations with people about quality of life. And and you understand what that means then is, okay, we're in the nursing home, I got this physical disease, I have dementia, I've got it. And and we talk about the quality of life in this world. Well, I want to tell you, Jesus came to change the quality of life in this world. He came to give us life that was worth living. 
And a part of his living in the world was that you and I might understand how to live life that's worth living. I often talk about Francis Schaeffer. He was an apologist and a theologian. And probably my favorite statement from him is he basically said in debating atheists, and he said, listen, if you can tell me, if you could prove to me there is no God, I mean, if you could prove to me there's no heaven or hell, if you could prove that to me, I would still choose to live my life by the teachings of Jesus Christ. Because my understanding is, my observation is, that the only people who really have a life that's worth living are people who live according to the teachings of Jesus Christ. One of the reasons Jesus came into the world, one of the reasons that John says, you really need to know this guy, you need to meet him, you need to know his name, is because he is the author of life that is worth living in this world. But not just in this world, in the world to come. He is the giver of life that is everlasting. That's what he's really going to tell when he gets to the heart in John chapter 3, verse 16. He's going to say that we should not perish, but have everlasting life. There's three funerals. Two of them, there is not any question about people knowing Jesus Christ. There's another one that there was some question. We don't really know for sure where they spend eternity. The family doesn't know, and and there wasn't some of the, the kinds of things that would help you to know. But understand, Jesus came not for just life in this world, but for life in the world to come. And that's what he desperately, that's, that's what John said. That's why I wrote this, that there is the danger of eternal death. You, you realize that's the opposite of eternal life is eternal death. And whatever hell may be like and whatever separation from God may be like, it is a place of eternal death. That's a concept that I'm not even sure I know how to figure. But Jesus came that you and I might have life everlasting. And again, that's why John writes this. That's when he gets to the end, he says, okay, here's what I was trying to do. Did I do it? He's kind of asking the question. Because I wrote this stuff that you might believe in Jesus and in believing in him have everlasting life. The concept of life is a powerful message. And I want you to understand the life, and, and by the way, prepositions are important. My mother was an English teacher. Yes, son, you need to know prepositions. Life was in him. In other words, you don't find the life by knowing about Jesus. You find the life by knowing him. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ, and that's why he's introducing us. He wants us to meet Jesus. He wants to know Jesus, because the life is not something that you and I can come on our own. It's only found in Jesus. In him was life. And so he wants us to understand about life. But then he has another illustration, another idea, another concept, and it's light as opposed to darkness. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. And again, it's kind of the same thing, this idea that that Jesus came into the world to live a life so you and I would know how to live. One of my dad's favorite stories growing up is being out in Ewing, and they lived about a mile out of town, and he and his twin sister would be at school during the winter, and and they would walk a mile into school, uphill both ways, in the snow, during the summer. I mean, you know, I've heard all those stories, but they really did walk a mile to school and a mile home, and, and at night, it would be dark out in the country, and there were no streetlights on, on that road at all, but 
There's a big tree still. The tree is still there today. It hangs out over the road as you drive out on the line. It's there. And evidently his mother on those dark winter nights when the kids were late getting home from school would go hang a lamp on that tree. Kerosene lamp. And they'd be walking and eventually they could see the light and they knew how to get home. They knew where they were going because there was a light to show them the way. Jesus came to be that kind of light. He came to be the light to show us how to live a life worth living. And yes, there are a whole bunch of do's and don'ts. And if you're going to follow Jesus, he's got advice and he's got directions and he's got commands. And the bottom line is every one of those is to be the light that shows us how to live. People all get hung up somewhere. You understand, he just doesn't want us to get lost. We are wandering in the darkness. And Jesus very clearly said, I am the light of the world. And he did also, by the way, say that we who have found him and who have met him are also to be the light of the world. I didn't check last night to see if you could see the moon or not, but you understand the moon has no light of its own. But on a full moon, it just changes the world in the evening. I mean, you can, you can see if there's a full moon, but you understand the only reason the moon has any impact at all is that it reflects the light of the sun. And you and I live in this world to reflect the light of Jesus Christ, but he is the light. And in him was life, and it was the true light, the light that gives light to every man that helps us to know how to walk and how to live and how to make life worth living. It's all the same concept. He's life and he's light and he can be in the darkness. And there's the image that you and I are in this moment walking in darkness until we know Jesus Christ. In fact, in John chapter 12, in the last, it's right after the triumphal entry. That Jesus stands up and he basically, they're asking him questions. Tell us about the Son of Man. Tell us about the Messiah. Tell us about this. And Jesus basically says, listen, guys, you are walking in darkness. And the light is with you for just a little while longer. I mean, just a few days longer, the light of the world is here physically in the world. And you need to walk and understand and accept and receive the light. Because without the light, you are walking in darkness And he says, and if you will come to the light, believe in the light, you can become children of light. We're here to be children of light. And and in this world, there is a light for living, a light for how to live. To be honest, we are, I just get the feeling that as a government, as a society, we're just struggling. I mean... What's the right thing to do about COVID? What's the right thing to do financially as a government? Where are we going to go? How should we live? We just got, I I think folks are just kind of walking around in darkness. Kind of a, a sad reality, but we have a world in darkness, and yet Jesus came to be the light. And you understand, it's not just the light for this world, but it's also the light for eternity. One of the most vivid pictures of hell, and and there's some pretty vivid pictures, you know, a place where the worm doesn't die, a, a, a place where there is eternal suffering, but one of the pictures of hell is that it is a place of outer darkness, where the light of the world, Jesus Christ, is in the presence of God, and we are separated from that light. I hear people talking, ah, hell be okay, be with all my friends there. You know, and friendship is one of the gifts of God. And I don't think there'll be any friendship there. I'll enjoy that. I can do all the stuff I enjoy. Do you understand? Simple enjoyment in this world is a part of a gift from God. And if God is not there, there's not even enjoyment. 
And one of the images of heaven is that it is a place of eternal light where there is no need for a sun or moon or stars because Jesus himself is the light. And you and I have that opportunity to have light in this world and light for all of eternity. And, and there's this image. And so you got, there's life and there's darkness. There's, there's uh, or life and there's death. There's light and there's darkness. And it's as if he's just saying, every way I can possibly tell you, I want to tell you why you need to know Jesus. And then he gets to the last one, and it's the idea of family as opposed to being an orphan. In the very next verse, in verse 14, he talks about, we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. That the Father sends the Son, that we might become joint heirs with him. The idea is that technically we are all orphans. We don't really have a family. And and one of the great images in the Bible is the idea of the family of God, and that you and I can become children of God. There's something powerful about that idea of of being a part of the family that when Jesus, and in a couple weeks we'll talk about the idea of invitation, Jesus says, come and see. Basically, he says, I want you to come and see what it's like to be a part of my family, to be a part of, of my life, to come and be with me. And so there's this image of becoming children of God, that if you're an orphan and and by the way, in those days, there was no social security. There, there was no welfare benefits. There was no government-sponsored safety net. You know how you provided for yourself? You had lots of kids. And you were really nice to your family because they were the ones that were going to take care of you throughout your life. And, and one of the most difficult things was to not have children. There's just something about family. And when Paul or John's trying to tell us about what it means to follow Jesus, you and I become a part of a family. We become children of God. And that's why he said to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, you need to be born, but you need to be born into an entirely different family. You need to be born into the family of God. And that's a spiritual thing. That's a spiritual change. It's a spiritual concept. It's that same idea of, Walk while you have the light with you so that by believing you can become children of light. That's, I, I like the idea of calling each other brother and sister. And, you know, there are churches who do that all the time. And brother so-and-so and sis. This idea that we become a part of a family when I come to Jesus Christ. And the idea is when I choose to follow Jesus and you choose to follow Jesus, we become a part of a family. And that's a powerful concept. But here's the idea. John, John, as he's writing the gospel, and, and God, as he's telling John to write, as he's inspiring John to put these words down, it's almost as if he says, this is such a critical deal, I can't explain it to you in one way. i got to use as many ways to get you to understand who Jesus is and what Jesus does, and every one of them is this. And so, yes, life and darkness... Light and and death and all of these different concepts are just played out over and over and they're throughout all of the Gospel of John with the ultimate end that, and, and here's kind of the final thing. Every one of those spiritual analogies comes to one final point and it's believing. It's by faith. By faith, I believe that He is the source of life and that He's the one who can give me life in this world and life in the world to come. That's the ultimate point, believing in Jesus, that He's the life. Choosing to respond to the light, 
I like the old, I saw the light. It's a statement of a faith that there was a moment in my life when I was in darkness, and yes, no longer am I in darkness. I've come to the light, and I am now one of the children of light. And I was alone. I was outside of the family of God. I didn't really have a heavenly father that I could call my own, but when I believed and when I was born again and when I was spiritually transformed, my earthly family changed to a heavenly family that is eternal in nature. You kind of get the idea, this is a big deal. I mean, this is an important thing. And if you read that, it's just, okay, the world was created. And in spite of the world being created, there is still darkness and there is still death and there is still loneliness and the being of an orphan. And yet, that's why Jesus came. And so today, I've I've got to ask you, can you go to a time in your life where you found the life of Jesus Christ? By simple faith. That by believing in Jesus Christ, you trusted in Him as the source of life in this world and the world to come. And you today can say, yes, I have life in Jesus Christ. Can you go to a time when you say, I saw the light. The light dawned on me. I I saw it. I realized that I was walking in darkness. and, And I saw the light. And I realized where I needed to go. And I responded to the light of Jesus Christ. Can you go to a time when you, by act of faith, by the simple receiving of Jesus Christ, and and that's the word that this receiving, this accepting, it's a word that occurs over and over, but by receiving Him, and, and you became a part of the family of God. That's what John says you need to know. I there's something about doing funerals. Um I think they, they said this last week they were going to think about putting me on staff at the funeral home because I just do a lot of funerals. I probably talk to more unbelievers in funerals than any other time. And it's one of those times when you and I really begin to think about life and life after death and, and what death is really all about and, and is there a light in the world? And, and I always ask the same question with every family that I do when I, I didn't really know the family ahead of time. Is there any faith? Did they ever talk about believing in Jesus? Did they ever talk about trusting Him? And, and it's tough when they didn't do that. It's kind of, we can talk about all the good things and what a good mom or dad or grandma or grandpa they were and all the good things and how kind they were and how generous and how nice and help anybody and, and, and they can talk about all of those things. But it's kind of like at the very beginning of this story of Jesus that we call the Gospel of John, John just says, you know what, this is what's important. There's a lot of other stuff we can talk about and there's a lot of other issues that'll come, but the main issue is, do I know Jesus Christ? And if you do, then you realize that's the main issue for everybody else you know. And we'll talk about John bearing witness to the light. We'll talk about living the light. We'll we'll talk about reflecting the light of Jesus Christ for a world that is in darkness, for a world that is dying, for a world that is outside of the family of God, that doesn't yet know the heavenly Father and That kind of becomes the final thing, that Jesus is the Son sent by the Heavenly Father so that we would be able to know 
and become children of that same father. Well, John would say, if you need life, life worth living, here and in the world to come, Jesus is the guy you go to. If you're wandering in darkness and you need light, light to show you how to walk in this world and, and light to avoid outer darkness forever, then you need to go to Jesus. And if you're alone and you need a family, a father, a heavenly father, then Jesus is the one you go to. But I really like that idea when he kind of pulls them together with children of light. I am <clears throat> fond of bad jokes. In fact, I think if people groan and boo at you, that's prop, throw stuff. That's about as good as if they laugh. But one of my favorite bad jokes is a wife goes to the doctor and said, Doctor, my husband thinks he's a refrigerator. And so he's a little concerned, thought she probably ought to be going to a psychiatrist. And, and so the doctor says, well, ma'am, what's the matter? He said, well, there's not really anything wrong much. It's but that at night he sleeps with his mouth open and the light's been keeping me awake. <laughs> See, now I told you that was bad. But the whole analogy of some guy laying in his bed with his mouth open and there's light coming out. Children of light have found the light, have found the life. And that ought to come out every time we open our mouths. Every time we act, every time we function, whatever we do, there ought to be the light and the life and the family. And so, if you read the Gospel of John, those things just come back over and over and over. John just says, if you need those things, Jesus is the answer. I want to just say one real quick thing, business meeting tonight, uh, we have a couple different things we're going to talk about. This is the Marshall's giving record, so pick yours up on the way out. And let me just tell you, you know what that reflects? That reflects what Karen and I, since we've been here, have felt like God wanted us to give. Now, what God wants you to give is what God wants you to give, but this is what He wanted the marshals to give, and that's what that reflects. And as you pick yours up and have a chance to look at it, uh, we got another one coming from Effingham. We give more there, uh, but, we, we, but it's what God has chosen us and told us to give. But tonight, we'll talk about giving at Emmanuel Baptist Church for the last year. So let me just give you a quick word. Last year, I'm assuming for the first time probably in the history of your church, you gave to regular budget causes, just regular offering, not special mission. As a church, you gave $1,031,248. I'm assuming you probably never gave over a million dollars before to your budget. That's kind of a big deal. Now, what that means is that you have a budget requirement of $17,684. That means, you know, it's what we planned. If, if we gave that much, you averaged giving last year, and there were some big gifts and regular gifts for the entire year. On a weekly average, you averaged $19,832. That's $2,200 a week more than you budgeted for. Let me just tell you, if God blesses you because He tells people what to give, then He's got a use for that someplace. There, there's some place that that money's going to go, and God's got a part and a plan because if He's telling me to give, and you to give, and you to give, and, and all of us just give what God tells us to give, then whatever God wants done can get done. Amen. So let me just tell you, in the business meeting tonight, 
I'm going to tell you what I think some of the things you ought to do are. I'm just, I, I, you may fire me afterwards, but I'm going to tell you some stuff at the end of the business meeting. We're not going to vote on any of those things. But I, had eight, I got eight things that at Emmanuel Baptist Church needs to be thinking about. So, and some of them cost money, some of them don't. But I'm going to tell you some of those things tonight. So I hope you'll come back tonight. But in the meantime, um, because Jesus is life and light and family, that's the reason He's changed us that we do all the rest of the things that we do. Well, good day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Presence of Jesus was here today. Hope you're aware of that. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for Jesus Christ who came, for all of the things that he is. Lord, the truth is there's no way that any of us can completely grasp who Jesus is and all that he's done. And Father, for all of eternity, we'll still be learning and knowing and singing praises to the name that is above every other name, the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you that all of the words of description, all of the ideas that help us to understand Jesus are just the beginning of what can be eternity in His presence. Bless us as we go. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's broadcast of Living Love. If this message has impacted you in any way, please let us know. If you would like to contact us, find out more about our church, or if you'd like to support our mission, visit ibcbenton.com. That's ibcbenton.com. Or give us a call at 618-439-3513. That's 618-439-3513.